Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another Victory Monday edition of the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V. And of course, I am joined as always by a man who had a couple victory Mondays himself, a couple interceptions himself, which we saw from the Detroit Lions in this blowout over the green, not the Green Bay Packers, sorry, the Carolina Panthers. It's Glover Quinn. Yes, sir. What's up, man? Not too much. I'm just coasting off of this weekend. It just feels good having a game you didn't have to worry about and then not having to worry about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Lions played good. And it's fun when, like you said, you're not really worried about are they going to win. You're worried about other things. Are they going to get the freaking score that I predicted? We freaking had it. 42 to 10. We had it. We give up two cheap touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Ah, right. But you're worrying about different things. You're not worrying, oh, we're going to win. Are we going to win? You kind of know. They're going to go out and they're going to play well. They're going to win those games. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. And we had preached beforehand that we wanted to see just a clean game from the entire team. No turnovers on offense, which is exactly what we saw. We didn't expect to see six touchdowns on offense, but we'll take that 150 plus yards rushing, 230 plus yards passing. It just works so well on offense. On the defense, we got three turnovers. We wanted to see two, and we get three, two of them interceptions. And then on special teams, really nothing too big happened there. One punt return for three yards. I'll take that every day. So what do you think? It just felt cleaner than we've seen lately. Yeah, I mean, I thought they they had a pretty clean game from start to finish. They came out fast. Um you know, gave up a couple yards on that first drive, settled in, got out the field, came right down, scored a big run, David Montgomery. I mean, that was just kind of like a tone starter. Last year, Carolina set the tone on us by running the ball. We came out this year, set the tone, running the ball. I mean, we had 159 rushing yards. They only had 99 rushing yards. That right there is just huge right there. When you can set the tone, running the ball, that opens up everything else, and that's exactly what we saw yesterday. Defensively, you know, Aiden Hutchinson setting the tone, getting a big interception. Um, Jerry Judy, uh, I mean, Jerry Jacobs getting a, another interception. That gives him three on the year. And you got to love when we're doing soccer trots. You just got to love it. You just got to love when we're doing soccer trots. And so it's a great thing to see. I thought the defense played well. You know, they held them to 10 points. Obviously, like I said, that fourth quarter, you're giving up cheap touchdowns, you know, stats wise, you want to see them play better in the fourth quarter just to close it out. But I do understand you're up 42 to 10. You back off a little bit. You get a little lax and, yeah, they score a couple points on you. But far as that, I thought they played a pretty clean game. Um, I didn't really see a lot of things that, you know, I wasn't happy with. I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty solid game. Bet Online is your number one source for your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember, 
to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. Me too. Me as well. I thought it was just a good game. It was pretty much what you wanted to see from most players, if not everyone, because we lose a Monroe St. Brown. He's dealing with the abdominal issue. Hopefully he comes back quickly and the passing game's fine. You lose Jameer Gibbs. He's dealing with a hamstring. They don't think it's going to be a long-term thing. And the running game is fine. And the running game is so fine that they end up pulling David Montgomery in the fourth quarter. Let Craig Reynolds get the run. And he's just as good as David Montgomery, obviously against a worn down defense at that point. But seven carries, 52 yards, the first touchdown of his career. And the thing that stood out to me was when I'm watching the celebration of the touchdown. It's like, was David Montgomery on the field for that play? Why is he celebrating in the end zone there? Oh, no, he just ran from the sideline because he's that happy about the RB3 getting his first career touch. And that and that's what you want. You want your guys to be happy for each other. You want them to be excited, celebrating. You know, like I say, if you're going to do stuff like that, do it in a game where you're clearly in control. Sometimes referees may throw a penalty because you come off the sideline. Obviously, in this type of game, it doesn't hurt you. But um, if they do, you know, get those penalties, and I can't remember if they threw a penalty or not. Um, but if they do, when you're playing close games, you want to make sure you don't do that. But obviously, in the close game, you know, Craig Reynolds may not be in the game in that moment. So, but it's good to see those guys having fun, being happy for each other, being excited for each other. That's good team chemistry good team camaraderie and um just only gonna help them down the stretch yeah it's just the selflessness of it david montgomery has a great game as well 21 touches two of them receptions 129 yards and a touchdown so now he is one of three detroit lions since barry sanders to have 100 yards rushing in back-to-back games the other two kevin jones and deandre swift which surprised me but hey david montgomery is that guy he is a workhorse until Jameer Gibbs comes back, and even when Jameer Gibbs comes back, they're still going to get a heavy dose of David Montgomery. But the one thing I noticed on that touchdown run was the blocking by wide receiver Jamison Williams. He wasn't afraid to get in there and do some dirty work. Right, and you see that a lot from their receivers, right? That just shows the mentality that this team has. Everyone is going out to get some work. Everybody is pitching in, doing their 111, whether it's blocking, whether it's you know, throwing whatever it is. I got the ball. I'm responsible for the ball. Whatever it is, everybody's locked in. And when you see receivers throwing blocks like that down the field, that just shows you that the egos are not high. Everybody's in check and everybody's just doing what they got to do to win the game. When my number is called, my number will be called. But on this play, my job is to block, to try to get us a touchdown. And that's what we're going to do. And it worked out. So you just love to see everybody pitching in and nobody really throwing a fit. And I mean, to be able to score 42 points without Amon Ross St. Brown, without Jameer Gibbs, I mean, that just shows you that the explosiveness that this offense has. I mean, that that's that's pretty, pretty good. It was a high-flying, high-scoring game. Without even getting Jamison super involved, he had the block to spring the run. But outside of that, I saw three targets. I could be wrong, but dropped the first one, and it was a bad drop. Second one's a screen. Marvin Jones missed the block, so he gets tackled for a loss. And then his last one is a screen, and he ends the day with two receptions for two yards. And so that's just the first game back. But I'm more happy to see him embrace the no-block, no-rock type of mentality There will be bigger days coming, but just to get his feet wet, that was great. And the passing game just didn't suffer at all. Three touchdowns from Jared Goff, two of them to Sam Laporta. 
pretty good day. Yeah, pretty really really good day. And like I said, that's what you want to see, right? You want to see how many ways that they can win, how you know many people can contribute. That just only boosts the depth. And you know, if everybody can stay healthy, once Amara and Saint Amara St. Brown get back, Jameer Gibbs get back, Jamison Williams get his legs under him and get going. I mean, Marvin Jones, Sam Laporta, David Montgomery, those guys got a plethora of weapons. It's going to be very difficult for a team to completely shut them down. And that's good. The defense just has to be able to hold up and continue to play well, continue to create turnovers. When you create turnovers and give your team uh, a short field, right? You saw the turnover, next play, you know, touchdown, Sam Laporta, right? We always call it sudden change. When you have that sudden change, most of the times teams are going to go for the knockout. You got to be ready for trick plays. You got to be ready for shots. You got to be ready for stuff like that coming off a turnover, a big punt return, kick return, some kind of way where it's like a sudden change. You got to be ready. And the Lions executed in that moment with the nice trick play, got it to touchdown. Carolina fell asleep. And I don't know. I saw that play. You know what? And I'm going to speak on this just because I'm a DB. I saw that play twice yesterday. Twice. And there was a touchdown both times, and both DBs got caught sleeping. DBs, pay attention to who the tight ends are. Sam Laporta is a receiving tight end. George Kittle, a receiving tight end. Do not leave those guys. Now, if you're playing against the Lions, yes, leave Sam Laporta and let him go and score a touchdown. But I'm just speaking for my DBs. Guys, pay attention to what's going on. Those guys are the main guys. They can't beat you with the main guys. Now, if they put the backup tight end that's a blocker and nobody's expecting him to catch a pass and he sneaks out on you, okay. You can't let George Kittle and Sam Laporta just run down the sideline just like, oh. And now they like, what are we doing? Come on, my DBs. But great job, Detroit Lions, executing that play. It was just I like, just had to say that for my DBs. Golly. No, you're right, because it was identical both times, too. And I, and I get it. Maybe the Sunday night game's not watching the 1 o'clock games to pick that up. But still, it's George Kittle. You can't let George Kittle get that wide open on a play action pass. And Sam Laporta is becoming one of those guys, too, where you just have to know where he is at all times. These Iowa tight ends are just deadly. You know what? And and I'm pretty sure because when you are the Sunday night game, you get to watch the one o'clock games, right? Because, you know, well, I'm going to speak from, you know, this time zone, I guess. So the games come on at 12 o'clock here in Houston, 12 o'clock games. So then the Sunday night games come on at 720. So the bus probably isn't leaving the head to the stadium, the first bus. You're probably getting there three and a half hours early, right? So the first bus, 720 game, you just say 4 o'clock, 430 the bus is leaving, depending on how far you got to get to the hotel, right? So you actually get to watch most of the first games before you probably start getting dressed and going to team chapel or, you know, dinner or whatever. So I guarantee you San Francisco, they may not have been watching the Lions game, but I'm sure they was watching some game that had highlights or watching the red zone or seeing something and they saw the play. I guarantee you they saw that play. 
the deep, the offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan, they saw that play. So then guess what? Same location on the field, the same exact everything. You know what? We got an hour tight end as well. We're going to do the same thing. And that's exactly what they did. And so I saw people theorizing, and I wanted to get your take on this. That had to have been installed by the 49ers already, correct? This is something that they've worked on. It's not something that they just said, oh, that was cool. Let's steal that and run it tonight without practicing it. That, that's something they had in their playbook, saw it worked, and was like, okay, now we got to run it here. Right. Yeah, they definitely had that in the playbook already, um, and it was a perfect time for it, and they pulled it out. You know what I'm saying? They pulled it out and executed it. You know, I think Sam Laporta executed it probably a little bit better than George Kittle. Um, but they both got the same result. They did. They did. I just wanted to make sure, cause there's a lot of theories that, oh, the 49ers, they stole it right there. And then it's like, I don't think that an NFL team would say, Hey, we've never run this play before. We don't know what we're doing, but we're going to do two laterals, two handoffs, then back to the quarterback. We're going to take that risk without ever practicing it. So I just wanted to get your take. Yeah, they definitely practice it. Good, good. And I also want to get your take. Final thing I'm going to want to ask about this Lions offense is Taylor Decker. 100th career start. He gets the game ball and you can just see it in his face. You can hear it in his voice. He is so excited with what the Lions are becoming. This is a guy that you played with. This is a guy that you have been on the field with. So must be nice to see Taylor Decker 100th career start. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. 100 career start. You know, that's just a credit to, you know, work ethic. You know, sticking with it through the tough times. You know, I think he came in. I can't remember exactly what year it was, 2017 or 18. Um, but he went through the Matt Patricia era, you know, being on the low end of the totem pole. And, you know, to be able to stick through a coaching change with, you know, I think two coaches. If I'm not mistaken, he might have came in with Coach Caldwell towards the end of it's like 17. And then played 18 with Matt Patricia. And so he done went through three coaches, you know, I I think, um, if I'm correct. Yeah, I think he came in like I can't remember exactly what year he came in, but I know it was towards the end of my time there. And so that's just a huge accomplishment to be able to get to, you know, 100 starts. Um, you know, kudos to him. Welcome to the 100 start club. And, you know, now you got to try to get 200. Now you got to try to get 200. As an old lineman, that's tough. That's tough, especially as a left tackle. You know, you're on the island. You're on the hot seat. You, you're you going against the premier guys week in and week out. You know what I'm saying? So that's tough. But he's done an incredible job. He he He's anchored that, that O-line for a long time. So congratulations to him. Welcome to the 100 Club, Taylor Decker. Do you guys have jackets in the 100 Club or anything like that? Or is it just an honor that you know yet? Yeah, no, nah, they don't give you anything for that. It's just a just an honor that you have that, you know what I'm saying? You can you can look up and say, man, I had 100 starts. You know what I'm saying? Like, And, you know, 100 starts is 100 starts. You're in the club, right? Um, 100 consecutive starts is, you know, you're still in the 100 Club, but it's just a little different. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's still a great accomplishment. Shows longevity. Just shows that whenever you are healthy enough to play, you're starting. And that's a that's a major thing in the NFL. So congratulations to Taylor Decker.
Congratulations to Taylor Decker and the rest of this offensive line. The Detroit Lions continue to dominate in the trenches. It was only one sack on the day for Bryce Young, but he was under pressure constantly. And there were a couple times, too, where he got hit. Lions get penalties, and so this is kind of the only not clean aspect of the defense was a couple penalties. But the penalties were because Bryce Young is just too small. These are not penalties that the Lions are going to take against any other quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, that one penalty I saw where they hit him and they say maybe he landed on him. Like I I I don't know. Like I thought that was a good I thought that was a good tackle. I mean, he didn't hit him up high in the legs. He didn't hit him. I mean, he didn't hit him up high in the in the neck and you know head area. He didn't hit him down low in the knee area. He hit him right in the stomach, torso area. And like, how do you I don't know how do you do that, but I'm glad that I don't have to deal with that. But I thought the lines, I, I, I think that's a horse crap call. Um, I don't really know. Like you said, he's he's tiny guy. Um, maybe that's why, but I just don't feel like you can be that way. I would hope the NFL would view, review that and the guy not get fined for, you know, that. Because I know every time they throw a personal foul penalty, they're going to send you a fine every time. Um, well, at least that's how it used to be. I don't know now five years later it's crazy to think five years later but i don't know how it is now but back then every time they're sending you a a a, a, a fedex I, th- I think think nowadays they it's the expectation that you're gonna get a fine but the nfl like you said sometimes they make the common sense heads up play like eh, we're not gonna give you a fine for that and we're actually gonna talk to the refs after because we can't be calling that fl- that flag every time bryce young gets hit just because he's teeny tiny Right. And that's a lot of appeals, right? You mean you, you, you do those fines and now everybody got to appeal it and now you got to take the time to go through the appeal and realize, okay, yeah, that really wasn't. All right, we're going to rescind the fine. So then they got to give you your money back. Like, it's just a lot. Like, let's just look at it. You know what, guys? That's not a fine. Let's, let's not send that out. Okay. On to the next. And I was looking at the box score after this game, just looking at the defense. There were a lot of names I didn't feel like I heard, but it kind of makes sense. I didn't hear a whole lot of Kirby Joseph or Tracy Walker, but then you see there were only two plays of 20 plus yards. So the Panthers just weren't threatening the deep half, deep third of the field at any point so okay yeah the safeties aren't getting involved in there they're just having a solid day picking up a couple tackles here and there but no explosive plays from the Panthers at all and no run game to speak of and then even the passing game we talked about this last week how okay last year Wandale Robinson Christian Kirk slot receivers they go for 100 yards against the Lions and it's not a close game sure enough same thing happens with Adam Thielen right and I mean and I told him I was like you know Adam Thielen being the number one guy that's fine. He's going to catch a lot of passes probably, but they're not going to be anything threatening or fearful. You know what I'm saying? He he caught 11 catches, 107 yards. He scored a one-yard touchdown or a two-yard touchdown. So on the stat sheet, it looks like he had a good day, and he probably feels like he had a good day. But in regards to winning the game, they'll deal with Adam Thielen catching that. Everything is underneath, crossing routes here, there. Like, that's fine. That's that's okay. Your next guy got 48 yards. Like DJ Chark, three catches, 42 yards. I mean, he had a higher average, but it's like you're just not really feeling it like that. You know what I'm saying? And then you don't have a run game, 35 yards from Chubba and 32 from Miles Sanders. So, I mean, if you got to live with 
Adam Thielen catching a bunch of underneath routes and getting a hundred yards. So what? I'll that take, ain't gonna hurt you. I'll take that every time. And it seems like every time the Lions are in a blowout, this is what we end up with: is the slot receiver or a tight end or something. They get a little bit in there, but it doesn't matter. It just makes the fans and the fantasy players feel good. Because I didn't feel like Adam Thielen. I looked up and saw he had a hundred yards. Like really. He didn't impact the game like a 100-yard receiver would have. The secondary, it felt like the secondary kept him quiet, even though the stat sheet doesn't show it. Yeah. Like I said, it's not it's not anything explosive, you know what I'm saying? You don't, I mean, when you see a receiver go up top a couple of times and now they're hitting you for 25-yard gains or 40-yard gains, and then you look up and you see they got 125, 130 yards, now you're like, okay, yeah, he's really been hurting us. I mean, everything, I mean, 11 for 107, I mean, that's about what? That's less than right at 10 yards a catch. So, I mean, you say that's a good average, but at the end of the day, he's the only one really getting catches. So, I mean, over the course of four games, I mean, four quarters, I mean, you get two or three catches a quarter, that's going to put you right there. But like I said, when you backed up on the 20, you now you go from the 20 to the 45 50 and you got to punt the ball like but I, like i said going into the game i kind of knew like adam thielen can get some catches but he's not somebody that at, like he would be a good number three receiver right now at this stage in his career right you see like if he was in la cooper cup puka nakua then Adam Thielen. Now you feel like, okay, if we can get us eight catches for 75 yards. But if he's got to be the number one guy, you're not you're not concerned too much. So Carolina got to do a better job of getting a top guy for Bryce Young. But at the end of the day, for Adam Thielen, you look at the stat sheet, he had 11 for 107 and a touchdown. So to him, it's a good day. And you look at this Lions defense, they had a pretty good day as well. Three turnovers. We saw the soccer trot. We saw Will Harris leading the first soccer trot. And he had a good game filling in for Brian Branch. I know Lions fans always worry when Will Harris enters the game. And the last couple of times he stepped in for relief, he's played pretty good. He had some, you see nine tackles, you're like, oh, is that a bad game? But no, a lot of them were for pretty much no gain. A lot of them were for on third down stop stopping them picking up the first i was impressed with what i saw from will harris in re- relief of brian branch you know what i was most you know what i liked most about will harris way he played yesterday back when i played when i was in uh when i was in houston we used to find each other right we used that's that was back when you could impose just like little in-room fines right so we would be we were fine for like dropped interceptions or you know even in practice you drop an interception in practice it was a little bit 25 bucks you drop one in the game it costs more on the other hand if you call the interception in practice you made a little money and if you call a pick in the game you made a little more and we just kind of tallied it on the board and after each quarter of the season it was time to pay up you either made money or you lost money right but it's just in the room type of things right i don't think they can do that stuff anymore but that's what we used to do this was way back in like 2010 and 11 and 9 and I think 9 and 10, right? But we used to have this policy of a no push out policy. Meaning when you see guys on the sideline, if they're still in the field of play, you tackle them. 
Don't just push them out and let them stand up and happily walk back to the huddle. And uh, several times yesterday, I saw Will Harris tackle guys in the field of play, but on the sideline. I remember one time Bryce Young is running out of bounds. Will Harris comes through and tackles him right there on the sideline. It's not a penalty, but that's a hit on the quarterback. That's the time he goes to the ground. That's the time he has to get back up. I saw that several times yesterday from Will Harris, and I was like, wow, I like that mentality. Don't just push them out and let them happily walk back to the side, to the huddle and they're ready to go again. Tackle them, put them on the ground, force them to get up, put another hit on them, and slowly wear those guys down. So great job, Will Harris, of enforcing the no-push-out policy. Yeah, and it's just the physicality you get from Brian Branch. You think, okay, well, maybe we lose some of that. No, it was still there through the entire game. Bryce Young felt it every time he went off to script uh, to scramble. These running backs felt it. Will Harris picks up the fumble. Aiden Hutchinson gets an interception, and Jerry Jacobs gets an interception too. It looks like maybe they're finally starting to attend hand school at practice. <laughs> yeah they're trying man i was so scared for uh for uh aiden man i know his thigh is sore right now but i saw the hit coming and i was just hoping like i wish he would have like just tried to blindside him but a lot of times you get those receivers and those big d linemen are big man those guys don't want to tackle so they go low and you just hoping that they don't he don't catch him right there in the knee caught him in the hip and sometimes you get hit in the hip the right way it can still jar that knee enough and and hurt the inside of that knee you know, he was limping. I know he'd be doing a stanky leg. And, you know, he really was doing the, feeling the stanky leg at that moment because that thigh was sore. I know it was. You know, he limp and kind of play it off because he's a showman. And, and, you know, it's fun. But I guarantee you right now he's in the training room. He's in the he's getting treatment on that thigh because I know it is sore this morning. Oh, yeah. You imagine. It's it's a bruise about that big. Huge bruise. Helmet-sized Huge bruise. bruise. We should get – I need to, we need to get him to, like, show us a picture of that because I know that thing is bruised. I know it is. Golly. We probably, we probably should start a petition. Hey, show the show your thigh bruise, Aiden Hutchinson. Show your thigh bruise. Well, he's a showman, too. He very he well might do it. He will. He will. He's playing great, though. He is. The, the funny thing, everyone last year was all excited about Sauce Gardner. And Sauce Gardner is great. But through their career so far, Aiden Hutchinson has double the interceptions of Sauce Gardner. Just a little fun Sauce, thing to file away. I mean, Sauce Gardner, honest, obviously, honestly, in my opinion, really, 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 really good corner. He needs to go to hand school. Yeah. Oh, I've seen him drop at least three this year. I mean, even last night yesterday right Denver's trying to throw him a gift the last play of the game Russell Wilson throws a Hail Mary they're down 10 points I don't even know why he's throwing a Hail Mary what are you trying to get to 31 28 okay you're still losing the game so in that moment you know you're always trying you're always taught to you know knock the Hail Mary down but in that situation it's 31 to 21 we're not going to lose this game there's no time left on the clock you're probably going for the pick Sauce saw the ball. He's going to get a pick and drops it. And you can clearly see the disgust on his face. Why? Because that's an easy pick. That's an easy pick. And you dropped it. Like, he's dropped at least three this year. So he definitely needs to attend hand school. 
could have been the first. And I'm just speaking because I'm a DB. I know this is Detroit Lions, but I'm just a DB at heart, and I like to see my DB's ball. He got to go to hand school. You can't drop the money like that. Especially for your first interception of the season, too. Could have been his first of the year. Drops it like that. And like you say, you're saying this in a positive aspect. You want the best for these DBs. You're all on the same side. It's not like it's a receiver. Receiver, you'd be coming at with a little bit more attitude. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like I say, DBs, we don't compete against each other in the actual game. Yeah, we're competing against each other to see who has the best year and who plays the best and, you know, who's putting up the best numbers. You know, when I was playing, I used to always go and look. Let me see what Harrison Smith did this game. Let me see what Antoine Bethea did this game. Let me see what these guys, what did Earl Thomas do today? What did Tyran Matthew do today? What did these guys do? I wanted to know, right? But I wasn't playing against those guys. So I'm not wishing or hoping that they don't play well we're all dbs we're out here trying to whoop up on these wide receivers that's what we're trying to do we're a fraternity of brothers trying to whoop up on these wide receivers and those wide receivers are a fraternity of brothers trying to whoop up on us dbs right we have any kind of gathering where it's nfl dbs we're gonna all be in the same room they're gonna all be in the same room right so it's not me against you in a sense it's us against them now, yeah, we're going to compete to see who played the best. I'm a ball. I'm a ball. But I want the best for you, bro. Like, go to hand school, man. Catch picks. Make, make the DBs look better. It almost feels as though the DBs need to get together, much the same way that the offensive linemen have got together for O-line masterminds. The tight ends have got together for tight end university. Almost seems like the DBs need to get together for a hand school type of event and just work on those hands life is getting too easy for these quarterbacks when you give them a gift and it's dropped yeah i know i know ryan clark does a, a db thing where they kind of get together for a weekend i might have to reach out to ryan clark and see if i can get an invite which you know i will be the hand school coordinator for the week right we're doing all types of drills and we're working but we're gonna work hand school so i might reach out to ryan clark and then ryan clark if you see this Hit me up. I hit you up next summer. I need to be there so we can go to hand school. We can create hand school for these guys. DBs, we got to catch the ball. Got to. Absolutely have to. And Jerry Jacobs caught the ball three times in the past two games. The last time a Lion had three interceptions in two games, you were on the field. It was Darius Slay in 2017. Yes, it was. He was uh, on fire. I think he led the league that year, didn't he? I think that was the year he did lead the league. Yeah, I think he had caught two interceptions against uh, Cleveland um, one game and then came back and caught another pick the next game. He was on a he was on a tear. And I think at the end of the year, he might have had four interceptions in a two-game stretch. I think he went two picks back-to-back twice. Two picks right. in one game and two picks in another game. Like, Because I think he had that year, he had eight picks. But I think he had three games where he caught two picks. If I'm not mistaken, I think he had three games where he caught two picks. Because I know against Chicago, he caught two picks. I know against Cleveland, I think he caught two picks. It might have been one. I can't remember. But, yeah, I was on the field. That was a great time. But we was doing hand school every single day. Every single day. I was catching picks. Slay was catching picks. Quandra, I think I had three that 17. I think I had three that year with a pick six. I think Quandra had three that year. Slay had eight. I mean, that's 14 picks right there. 
That's 14 right there. <laughs> that's 14. We only played 16 games, so that's that's almost one a game as an average, right? We were, we were going to get the rock. Pretty good performance from three players that are now all in the 20 interception club. I, I I believe they're all we're all in the 20 interception now, right? Yeah, I get a message from Quandre last week. Me, him, and Slayer in the group chat, you know what I'm saying? And I get a message. One more pick, and I'm gonna pass you up, GQ. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's at 24. I got 24. Slay, Slay, I got the message from Slay last year. I pass you up, GQ. Then I get it from Quandre this year. One more pick, and I got you, OG. Yes, sir. I'm happy for you guys, man. Pass up the OG. Go get that money. Like you said, you're already in the clubhouse. I'm already in the clubhouse. I got 24. I'm good. I'm good. But, hey, get get to the 25 club. I didn't get to the 25 club. So go 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 get it. And so speaking of Quandre and the rest of this NFC, speaking of Slay as well, if we're being honest, looking at the rest of the NFC, the Lions are right there. The Lions are 4-1. and one. Darius Slay and his Eagles are now 5-0 and oh alongside the 49ers. And then right behind the Lions are the Bucks and the Seahawks with Quandre Diggs. They're both at 3-1 and because they're on a bye this week. And then after that, 3-2, and two, Falcons, Cowboys, Saints. Packers are still 2-2 two and two head, pending tonight's matchup. What do you think about this NFC? It kind of feels like there's a hierarchy and the Lions are right up there at the top. Yeah, I think the Lions are right up there at the top, not only in the NFC, but in the entire NFL. Each and every week, you know, my one of my homies, you know, we talk our power rankings, right? Um, and I haven't put out my power rankings yet this year. I haven't, you know, believe hasn't asked me to put that out this year. Um, but we still talk about it. And, you know, yesterday we were talking last night. I'm like, you know what? You got to put the 49ers, the number one team right now. Eagles will probably be number two, five and no. I said, and then your next two teams, you 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 got to look at the Lions and the Dolphins. And I probably will put the Lions over the Dolphins and put the Lions at either number three or number four. They got to be. I don't feel like the Cowboys will be in my top five right now. They got two losses. But you got to put the Dolphins, you got to put the Lions, and then Kansas City probably rounds out my top five, which I don't think Kansas City is very strong this year. But, you know, they got Patrick Mahomes, and they're 4-1 too, so you got to keep them in there. But they can't be above the Lions. The Lions went to Arrowhead and beat those guys. So I'm I'm feeling like the Lions got to be top three or four in the entire NFL. But with two of those teams being NFC teams, that still will put the Lions top three in the NFC for sure, I, I feel like they definitely are right behind Philly and San Francisco. And it's a beautiful place to be in, too, because like you said, okay, Chiefs are four and one. We already know that the Lions can beat the Chiefs. Dolphins, hypothetically, some people might think Dolphins are better than the Lions, but I don't think I'm going down that path. I think the Lions can hang with them on offense, and I think the defense is a lot better in Detroit. So, like you said, there's two undefeated teams, and then there's the Lions sitting there at four and one. This playoff hunt is going to be beautiful. The Lions, because the Eagles and the Cowboys, they still have to face each other. You never know how that's going to go. Lions could end up as that second seed in the NFC if all breaks their way. Right. They they got a real good good shot at it, good path at it. Like you say, the Eagles and the Cowboys got to play each other twice. You know, um, Cowboys potentially can beat the Eagles. They haven't showed up in the big games, but 
you know, we'll see. And I feel like the Eagles been kind of surviving. I, I don't feel like they've been playing super great. You know, they've showed, shown championship, you know, mentality and won some tight games and close games and pulled out. But I just don't feel like they've been dominating teams and just being really, really good like the 49ers. The 49ers have been dominating teams and being really good. I don't feel that from Philly. I think Philly is very beatable team. Now, they're good. Don't get me wrong. But I think they're beatable. Um, but they are 5-0. And the Lions won't have a chance to beat either of those teams during the regular season. It won't be until the playoffs if they do match up based on the schedule. And based on the schedule, I'm feeling pretty good. We're 4-1. and one. We're heading into Tampa Bay, who is coming off of bye. So that gives them a little bit of extra preparation. But I feel pretty good about getting to 5-1 and one, heading into Baltimore at 5-1. and one. Yeah, I, I think they got a good chance. You know, they're going on the road. I think the Lions play pretty good on the road. Um, their game style travels, running the ball, play action pass that, that travels wherever they go, they should be able to do that. And so Tampa Bay will be excited. This would be probably the biggest challenge for Tampa Bay. They're a three and one team that, you know, been playing. Okay. Um, this would be a big challenge for Tampa Bay, be a big challenge for the Lions. Obviously, you know, Mike Evans would be a big challenge for the secondary. Um, Baker Mayfield has been playing good. And their defense is pretty good as well. So it'll be a good challenge for them. So it'll be good for the Lions to go on the road against a good NFC opponent and get a win. And, you know, Baltimore, they lost to Pittsburgh yesterday. So they're, they're, they're not unbeatable. They don't, they're three and two or something like that, two and three, whatever it is. So the Lions should be able this is a good two, two road test for the Lions. And we'll see how they play on the road. But I think their game should travel. And I think it could be a good road, good road stretch for them. I think the Lions are in perfect position. They are exactly where they want to be. And if you're hunting the Lions, you don't have to go too far. They're going to be waiting on their door, your doorstep for a fight. Gosh, I love this Lions team. Oh, yeah, they're fun. They're fun. Glad, glad that the Lions fans are getting to enjoy and experience what it's like to have a good football team. Any final thoughts before we get you out of here on the Detroit Lions, the NFL as a whole, or the upcoming Tampa Bay Buccaneers matchup? No, man. You know, the Lions are playing great. The NFL season has been, you know, it's a bunch of storylines going around right now. And I was talking about it last night with my friend. Like I say, you got the top teams and you got a few of the teams at the bottom. And then you got 19 to 20 teams that are right there, three and two, two and three. That's what the NFL wants, right? You got you got your hierarchy guys. You got your teams that are low. And then you got 20 teams that are right there together. So on Sundays, you never know who's going to win those games. And so it's exciting. It's fun. Enjoy it. And go Lions. It's a very competitive NFL across the board, and it just makes it so much nicer when the Lions are good. We will be back to preview the Tampa Bay Buccaneers later this week. Another big matchup ahead. But for now, we're 4-1. and one. It is beautiful. And we will see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.